Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 649 with a review of Wonder Woman 1984. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we already had a review in the feeds of Soul, Pixar's new film. And uh, now we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Um, this is a film that... Uh, this it's it's not a normal film right usually on this podcast we would like to do our best to give a little bit of a review that uh talks about the film generally and then we save a spoiler section um for spoiler territory which is the after part of the show that we do um this film i'm gonna argue i think we're both gonna argue is impossible to talk about in any way our feelings on this film without directly addressing certain things that even the trailer for this film keeps a secret um, questions that everyone might have had the first time they saw the trailer. Um, and yeah. I think it wouldn't be fair to nebulously talk about it um, before we get to spoiler territory. So I think right now we can b- both give like a one to three word uh, uh, review of the film. <laughs> <laughs> um sure. up front and then we'll just dive into spoiler territory like so basically we're just gonna address our overall feelings in a few words we're gonna play the trailer and when that trailer ends we'll be in full-blown spoiler territory so steven in just a few words <laughs> what did you think of this film yes it's stupid but more than that it's boring <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, so for me, I'm going to say, uh, it's not good, Steven. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so that's the, the teaser, I guess, for anybody who doesn't want spoilers. Um, as I mentioned before, we're going to play the trailer right now for Wonder Woman 1984, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. My life hasn't been what you probably think it has We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) Welcome to the future. Life is good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it. Think about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today, but you can save the world. take what I want in return. Everyone will see. The world needs you. You know what you need to do.
Nothing good is born from lies. And greatness is not what you think. That's just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's so funny seeing the end of that trailer say June 5th or whatever <laughs> that date was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so as we mentioned at the top of the show, we are in spoiler territory already. So this is full-blown spoilers. So this this uh, description of what this movie is about is going to also contain spoilers. So please leave if you don't want those spoilers. Go watch the film, I guess, and then come back and listen to what we have to say. Basically, Woman, Wonder Woman 1984 um, is sort of the story of where Diana or Wonder Woman is uh, in 1984. And basically, this guy, uh, Max Lord, has found a stone which grants wishes, and he wishes to become the stone. And uh, then uses that wishing power um, to try to monkey paw everyone on the planet. And uh, Diana has to choose between keeping her boyfriend alive, who she has wished back, and saving the world from utter destruction. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Wonder Woman 1984? Uh, Chris, this Christmas, I logged onto a new streaming platform to watch an elegant little parable about the perils of, quote, success and the insufficiency of the things we believe we want, featuring a person briefly inhabiting someone else's body who expresses repeated amazement about everyday living, and also featuring a bizarrely miscast SNL alum, culminating in a small moment of life flashing before one's eyes montage that moved me to tears. I also watched Wonder Woman. Chris. Boom, boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. Uh... This movie was bad. <laughs> this movie was inexplicably bad, I, w I would say. Inexplicable <laughs> because it, it wouldn't have been hard for this movie to be fine, I don't think. I think, you know, we both enjoyed <laughs> the first Wonder Woman. Um, it's set in the 80s. You could, as Captain Marvel showed, like even if you just want to do cheesy period piece things, like there could be some fun to be had there. Um, showing Wonder Woman kicking ass would be fun. Seeing the resurrection of Chris Pine would be fun. <laughs> I mean, seeing the resurrection of him would definitely be, <laughs> be fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. Somehow no, none of this is fun. Um, and in my in my like five word review or whatever, I said like it's boring. And I honestly think that is the biggest problem with this movie. Like, yeah, we are going to tear into why the plot is really idiotic. Why the <laughs> message of the movie is like maybe evil. <laughs> like, like the... <laughs> The message is very bizarre. Um, character motivations are very bizarre. But I could forgive all that if the movie was fun, if the movie was pulpy and exciting, if the movie had set pieces I could latch onto. And this movie does not. Like, the first hour of this movie is just completely boring, nothing happening. It, it is... There's no reason this has to be two and a half hours. Like, there's absolutely no reason for this runtime to be what it is because it feels like they're just treading water for most of the time. Um, yeah. I... I honestly don't even know where to begin with the, how boring this movie is. Like we're introduced to Diana, you know, she's living her life in DC. Um, I, we've been led to believe, I think that wonder woman has mostly stayed in the shadows, except then we just see her like frolicking around town, saving people from getting hit by buses and, you know, stopping bank robbers at the mall and all, all sorts of little 
thing. But, but Steven, she uses her tiara to break all the cameras so that there's no evidence that she was there. Right, yeah, because that's how cameras work. Is if you break them after they catch you, then hey, Steven, <laughs> the is gone. Steven, you weren't even alive in 1984. How do you know how cameras work? You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, like, just right, right from the jump, the movie d- doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah. I'm sure other people have said it. I'm sure other people want to know why is she stopping mall robberies, but apparently wouldn't stop the Holocaust. Like that just seems like a missed opportunity on her part. Um, oh, Stephen, the, how, how do you know that she didn't stop the Holocaust? But then Max Lord's son, who's the only one who doesn't renounce his wish at the end of the movie, didn't wish for the Holocaust to have happened. Yeah, is there ever a payoff? Because he wishes to have be great like his dad, yeah. which I think should mean that he is the stone. Yeah, but yeah. they just never touch it again. Yeah, yeah. He basically forgets. Which I thought there was there was going to be like some payoff at the end where he was going to wish, like I wish none of this ever happened and then everything would be fixed, right? Because yeah. to me, renouncing the wish of all the shit that's been happening. Yeah, if you if you said I wish you would drop dead to somebody and you renounce that wish, they are back alive. But I feel like. There, there, there are things that happen outside of just the like. If you don't, if you unwish for a Ferrari or whatever people were were wishing for, like, yeah, you don't have the vehicle anymore. But I feel like anybody you hit with that car while you were driving through crowds of people in DC isn't. They're not unhit, right? Like, I feel like you need right. somebody else who still has a wish left to be like, man, I wish we were back to before this movie fucking started. Yeah. Yeah, like I thought I, I, that is we're, we're just jumping all over the place because I don't even know how to approach what is wrong with this movie. But if we jump to the end, I was positive until the credits rolled that they were going to find a way to undo everything that happened because the world has basically been destroyed. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, but nope, the, mo- the movie doesn't even do that. It, it is just very strange. It, it's very, very, very strange. It it seems like like my bar going into this movie was pretty low because I had already started to see that people were not enthralled with it. So I wasn't going in thinking, Oh, this is going to be amazing. And then being let down by it. I went in thinking this is going to be not great, but whatever, it's fine. Eighties. That'll be fun. You know, cheesy effects, whatever. That'll be fun. This movie like barely even has fun, cheesy effects. The movie doesn't do anything. Like what are the set pieces in this movie? Because there's there's the mall scene, which is whatever. Like people are yeah. robbing like a JC Penney's, and then behind it are secret antiquities that they're stealing. I don't even know. Did Max Lord hire them to do that? Do we do we know why they robbed that stuff? Well, yes. Yeah, so that's the weird thing because after Max, well, <laughs> I want to call him Maxwell Lord. I guess his name is Maxwell, but Max Lord. A- after Max Lord steals the stone from uh, Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. Diana picks up a box, removes all the stuffing from the box, and there's a piece of paper that basically says Max Lord on it. And I don't know if that was him being clever, not c- clever in scare quotes, but like, I don't know if that was him like being like, I owe you one stone <laughs> or like him putting in like a, I purchased this sort of note because I donated to the thing. Or if that was the, like, cause that's when Diana starts to suspect that he might be have something afoot is because she sees his name in the box. So it wasn't clear to me whether that was a receipt or like if he had originally ordered that and just hadn't picked it up from the store, but for some reason 
because I guess because he's he's pretending to be like a billionaire. So why would a billionaire want to go to like the jewelry store in the mall? So he had to hire right. somebody to steal. Like I I don't understand any of what that situation is, but somehow he's attached to that stone already. So he's known about it. Mm-hmm prior to when he comes in contact with it for the first time. Yeah, I mean, it, like, this stone was his whole business plan, it sounds like. Yeah, Like, yeah. he just knew it would work, and he was waiting to do it so he could make the weirdest wish you could possibly make in these circumstances. <laughs> that's the weird That's the weird thing, too, is, like, his... So so, so his plan... It, it, it's unclear exactly when he learns about the stone, but basically his plan is to buy every dried-up oil well in existence... And then one day wish for those wells to runneth over with <laughs> with oil, which not the world's worst plan. I mean, if you if you know right. there's I a would thing argue that you don't need those wells if you've got wishes yeah, you've got one wish. <laughs> you know, what, Stephen, you'd be a smart man for arguing that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I like, don't know how many ands you're allowed to put in your wish. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I wish I wish for a well and I wish for that well to be full of oil. Yeah. So so because of how stupid that is. I feel like this is a man who earnestly was believing that there would be oil if they, dr- if they, if they dug deep enough and then oil never came and he was mm. actually in ruins, which is why he's so desperate. And then he learns about this, this stone and he's like, huh, I could totally get a bunch of oil now for all my, like he, cause he's selling himself as this oil magnate but he doesn't have the oil. So he's going to wish for the oil. He could just wish for a billion dollars. Then who fucking cares if he has oil, but he wants to wish legitness, I guess. <laughs> so, so that's what his plan is going to be. I don't know. I, I don't understand exactly what his real plan was, but he definitely was somebody who made some poor investments. Um, and now right. he wants to make the rest of the world make poor investments so that he can do what? Do you know what his end goal is? I honestly think his end goal is to be a like half-baked allegory for Trump. That's the only reason I can think of that he exists. Is <laughs> like, I want to tell people I'm rich, but I'm not. And I want to tell them I'm going to give them what they want, but I'm really going to let them down. Except also, I will give them what they want. And I don't know what I want. Like, he's a very half-baked villain. Yeah. Um, and he only makes sense to me if I imagine he's like meant to be a few signifiers rather than an actual character that I mean, like has desires. He he basically is Jafar from Aladdin, right? Like he's like I got yeah. I got a bunch of wishes, and he's like first I want to be I just want to be power I want to be I want to be a sultan, <laughs> and then he's like yeah. shit this isn't working. Uh okay what's better than a sultan? I want to be like an all powerful magician. And he's like fuck that's still not strong enough. What can I do? And he's like well, but he did it in reverse, right? He started with I want to be the genie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? By the way, so first of all, the movie never really explains how the stone works, in in part because then he becomes the stone before we can even learn what the rules are of yeah. stones. Um, like basically, people wish for a thing, and then in return, there's a sacrifice, and they don't get to negotiate the sacrifice. The sacrifice just comes to them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Diana loses her power. Um, Kristen Wiig, I don't know what her sacrifice is. Maybe she loses her um, charm. I don't know. I don't know her what, aloofness. What she, lost. <laughs> she loses the respect of the homeless guy that she used to talk to every day. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for the guy that got a cup of coffee. I don't know what he lost, but it feels like he didn't gain a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lost his... He, he can't sleep anymore, basically. 
he got one cup of coffee, he'll never sleep again. It's just, anyway, you, you, you try to give me some framing for this movie. No, so I I can't even give you, like, I can't even complain about all the terrible stuff in this film because the only thing I could think about the entire time I was watching this film are what are the fucking mechanics of the stone? So Mm. (laughs) we, we know, we know it's a monkey paw situation, right? Like, as you just said, you wish for one thing. And you get that thing, but there's going to be a catch, right? You're either going to lose something. And we something. know that because they say this is a monkey paw situation. Yeah, That's yeah. like the only way they even address it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so like if, like, I don't know, I don't know if the, how, how it should have ended people have already done Wonder Woman 1984 yet, but I'll, I'll tell you how this film should have ended. Max Lord gets the stone. He looks at the stone. He says, I wish I was you. And then he turns into the stone and the movie's over. (laughs) Like, like, I feel like if it's a monkey paw situation, like if he like, that's the thing is in all of these stories, whether it's like bedazzled or like, you know, old, old uh, episodes of of, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? (laughs) Like when it's a monkey paw situation, you have to choose your words very, very carefully Mm -hmm. to try to ensure that like whatever you get is not just fully trick, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta like specify. And this film is all about people not fucking choosing their words. And in most, in most cases, people not saying what they wish, just saying, yeah, I wish that. (laughs) And like that, I think that's the most frustrating thing about this film is that like, just fucking establish any rule, any rule, any rule. Like it takes us like an hour and a half of the movie before Maxwell Lord starts saying like, oh, cool, I'll take this thing that I'm cho-. like, he's basically as- ascribing a choice to the thing that he's taking from them. But even then, it doesn't fucking make any sense what he's choosing to take from certain people, right? He's just like, what do you want? You want anything? Cool. You have that. But also I'm going to like, like when, when he makes like the one, like <laughs> the one dude like kick out all the heathens from his lands or whatever he's like cool i'm gonna take your security detail it was like what and, and like sure augusta wind happens giant walls are erected all over the city and then all all of the, the security dealers like yeah seems seems cool to me <laughs> like i just yeah it, there's no there's no there's no visual representation of the influence that happens when like there's just a gust of wind and then people just behave as though everything's cool and i never like I don't know. It just seemed frustrating what this film was doing with the rules it was establishing. And, and it just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't ever understand it. And it just, it really, really made me mad the entire time I was watching it. Right. Well, I mean, his like, I'm going to say maybe a controversial thing. I respect Pedro Pascal for what he does in this movie. He is the one person having fun in the movie and trying to take like shit material and at least like trying to be as hammy about it as he can. Like no one else is even having fun in the movie. And like, I I liked him going all gonzo, but his character is just completely idiotic. Like the the writing of it is so bad. Um, His whole goal, like he flies to Egypt because he wants oil. Like he already can do whatever he wants. Like he doesn't need to go to Egypt. And then the, I, I think Chapo first like pointed this out, like, they sold their oil to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> like that has never been how oil works in the history of the world. Like, like, wh- like, why is it even about oil? Like, I don't understand. Like, why, why are they doing any of this? Yeah. Like, he already has the thing to bypass his original wish and just so, go for broke. Like, give the people what they want. Why is there this like hijinks around the world chasing crude oil or what? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. So, it's so like when, when this film started. When they when they introduced the wishing stone, I was like, 
okay, cool. Now I understand how, how Chris gets back. <laughs> now I mm-hmm. understand how Christ- Kristen Wiig is going to turn into the cheetah. Like, I'm good. Yeah. This film is fine. When Pedro Pascal wishes, basically what he wishes for is more wishes, but by a different name. Mm-hmm. I thought it was stupid that he chose the words, I want to be you, because I was like, wouldn't you just turn into the stone? Like, I didn't, I didn't like that aspect of it. But yeah. let's pretend like he said, I wish to be the controller of the power of granting wishes. Like, just say something clunky that makes more sense, and I'm fine with it, right? Mm. I even like the idea of, okay, step one, I wish for the powers of granting wishes. Step two, I get my investor to wish that I had oil. That means I get my wish, and now I'm the guy who grants wishes. Like, mm-hmm. I, was, I was still on board with this movie. I was like, cool, that makes fucking sense. Yeah, because obviously yeah. your investor wants his money back, so he, like, like... Right. I'm totally on board. Once he starts like, okay, now, now don't you wish we had more people working here? Like, I was like, all right, it's getting a little cheesy, but it's all right, fine. But, but once it gets to like, where I'm like, why are you granting people wishes? You're granting wishes to nobodies so that you can get nothing. And like, by the end of the movie, when he's dying, which I guess his own life is the thing he valued most. And that's... (laughs) What, what the problem I, I i don't i i don't i still don't understand what was taken from him yeah, which his, i think his uh his he hadn't had a nosebleed in decades it was like the vomit <laughs> free, free since 93 situation and now he just gets nosebleeds all the time and that was the one thing he loved more than anything else <laughs> basically that's that's what it seems like so like by the time he's being killed by the granting of wishes i'm like okay fine i get it now you want wishes to be healthy but wouldn't you just pick up your son and go son don't you wish i wasn't dying and he'd be like yeah dad i wish you weren't dying and then boom you're not dying anymore. right i feel like there's there's ways around. and then the son dies immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah like so so it like and i also you know one of the films that uh, we praise a lot that is also a very silly film um is uh the death of dick long right Right. And in that film, one bad thing happens and then they're constantly forced to do stupider and stupider shit to try to undo the ramifications of what orig- initially happened. And I feel like there is an aspect of this story that would make sense, right? Like like it's it's the whole, you know, we got we had a mouse so we got a cat, we had a cat so we got a dog. <laughs> like it's it's sort of like that situation, right? Where I could see a film in which he has to keep making wishes because yeah. of something that he has caused to happen. But that doesn't seem to be what this film is about. It seems to be about him no, he, just he wanting to like go he's bigger. He's just gleefully like, accelerating into drive the world into chaos and give everybody everything. Like It seems like that's what he wants for no clear reason. Yeah. <laughs> also, the thing that's so dumb is like, like, there's a point in this film where he goes to the White House and he goes to the president and he's like, President, what do you want? <laughs> and he's like, well, I just want more nukes than everybody else has. Duh. And he's like, granted. And in return, I'm going to take your power and your influence. He basically becomes the president in that moment because he just gets out and walks sort of. on to, to, the, to, the, to the presidential helicopter and flies away. And I'm like, D- how, how did you define what you took from him? <laughs> like, because people still he call the other... Yeah, right? I, think, I, I think the thing is the stone... The stone takes what you most desire, but because he's the stone now, he just gets to choose, like, oh, I'm going to take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, like, but he what, can take whatever he wants. But what did he, like, it, it, okay, let's pretend you're the, the pilot of 
the hel- the presidential her- helicopter, Air Force, whatever it is. Um, when some other guy gets in your plane, do you just go, oh, the stone, cool, let's take off. Where do you want to go, sir? <laughs> or like, like because yeah, he... Well, like, if that guy turned around and said, yes, sir, Mr. President, to Pedro Pascal, I'd be like, okay, you just, like, wished you were the president, like, like Jafar wishes he was the sultan, and, like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I, I see what's happening here. I understand it now. But he doesn't ever say anything to any of these people. He just, like, waves his hand in the air and gets on the fucking president's helicopter and flies somewhere. Yeah, well, so you're getting to one of the many problems with this movie is agency and how does agency work in this universe? For one, how does it work for any of the people that suddenly decided to follow this lunatic because (laughs) like a gust of wind blew somewhere? Um, Agency is also an interesting question for the, the man who Chris Pine's soul inhabits (laughs) for long enough to fuck Diana and almost get that body killed a few times and then vanish again. Um, which just a bizarre... Can you think of a stranger way to bring back Chris Pine so, than the way the movie chose to make it work? Here, here's the worst part about what the film did. Is... Max Lord is going around the world and having, like, leaders of other countries wish exorbitant things. And out of nowhere, walls are being re- erected out of air. Right. It's not like... It's not like he goes like, I wish this wall was there. And then all of the trees turned into the wall. It like, there was no reason why, (laughs) why wishing him back to life requires him to come in the body of someone else. Because I I would argue that wish wasn't actually granted because Mm -hmm. he still sees that that he sees that guy's body when he looks in the, in the mirror. So he's not actually back. He's literally possessing that body. And only Diana sees him for who he is, which means he wasn't. So maybe she's just really shitty at making wishes. And she was like, I yeah. really wish that the spirit of <laughs> my boyfriend, Steve, came back in somebody else's body so that I could make love to him. <laughs> And maybe that's what she wished for. I mean, we cannot know. But it seems like a really easy fix to just, like, literally she picks it up and then she walks out the front door and he's standing in the middle of the the lab, really confused, wondering how he got there. Solved. Done. And then they can have a big old thing about, uh, how did I get here? I thought I was dead. And she could be like, well, you were dead, but then there was a stone and I wished for you to be there and then you were there. Like, or, or since apparently everybody who wishes first the power only comes true the next morning when they wake up. How about just wake up and he's in bed with you already and he's not taking yeah. over the body of some other person. There's lots of things they could do that would just make it super fucking easy. Right. And it would also make, because uh, the overriding like message overriding. of this movie <laughs> yeah, is, is there are no shortcuts in life, right? There's that yeah. like endless scene at the beginning of this movie where young Diana learns that lesson because of the rules of this race that, it seems like either she wouldn't have won anyway because she didn't shoot the blue thing or she rightfully should have won because shooting the blue thing doesn't matter. Anyway, all <laughs> that is irrelevant. That, like, so that, uh, We'll come back to that. Let's, let's come back to that. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, the, the message of it is there are no shortcuts. The easy way is never the right way. You can't just have things handed to you. Already a kind of like weird message to come out right now. Like, I, I don't know that like that is the number one thing we all need to learn is to not expect 
anything good to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, even if it is, as a hero, the way she is supposed to learn that is by having to choose to let Steve go again. And that dilemma is way harder in a world where he is magically resurrected and appears in her bed than it is where he is literally like taking over the soul of another man. Like she is allowing an evil thing to happen right now. Like every minute that she allows like this guy to not live his life. So Steve can possess him and like hang out with her and have sex with her and stuff. Like that is not heroic at all. That is like cut and dry. Like, no, that's not cool. What happened to the guy? You know? Um, and it, it, it just is very, very weird to me that they even even the one clear, clear like moral dilemma they want to put her in, they tipped it in this way where it's just like bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And like then at the end, when she sees the guy who Steve had been <laughs> possessing, it's all played for like, huh. Look at this guy. This is kind of fun. Yeah, she into him. Like, are they going to get together? <laughs> Let me playfully joke with him and have banter back and forth. <laughs> it's because that's the thing is by that point in the movie, you could potentially forgive somebody for having forgotten that when she wished him back, he took over somebody else's body. But then to throw it in your face, be like, yeah, remember that? You still OK with it? Like, it's just weird that the film like brings it back front and center and mm-hmm. it does it in like. It's almost like it's like a joke wink to the audience, but it's like, no, the thing he did was super fucked up and it didn't have to do that. Yeah. So why are you throwing it back in our faces? Because this is like literally the last thing I'm going to remember about this movie <laughs> is fucking this guy coming back out and talking about his outfit. And it's like, what, what is wrong with you? So before we talk about the opening scene again, I, I want us to both say what we think is the single dumbest moment in this movie i i just want to know if they will line up or not um i don't know if we try to say them in unison i mean if, if one person <laughs> i mean I, i've i've kind of already said mine though okay minus i wish all you irish bastards would go back to where you came from <laughs> 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 like what the fuck is the movie doing uh well Stephen, it was trying to do that the whole movie <laughs> It's trying to say that if everybody had a wish, it would be some racist shit that they would cause to happen with their wish. But but so this gets back to what is at the heart, what this movie gets so wrong is either it is about your deepest held wish. In which case it's about it's like soul. It's like the thing that you think you are striving for is not actually the thing you're striving for. Or it's about like a semantic word game of getting somebody to say the word wish in a way. Right. Because that guy's at the beginning of the movie, the guy's deepest wish was not a cup of coffee. That woman's deepest wish in England was not to have the Irish people go home, which has never been a thing as far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was the other way around (laughs) historically. (laughs) But but anyway, like no one would say like gun to her head, like that is her deepest wish in the world. No one, that guy, his deepest wish is not that this like waitress or owner of a restaurant would drop dead in front of him. He just said it because he's arguing. And yet the movie plays all of these things as if, they are the most profound inner wish to the point where the big turnaround at the end is all of them being willing to let go of that wish, release it. Like that isn't like the guy is sitting there 
who said like i wish you'd drop dead a eh? or whatever like he isn't like struggling because he's like but all i've ever wanted in life is for this woman to drop dead how can i let go of that <laughs> like it but yeah so so it, it, it is purely a semantic thing right because that's the only way that max lord can actually do anything he's doing is because he's he's making mm-hmm. the other people say a thing which in and of itself may or may not work i i, I don't know it, it's the once again this film does not establish any rules that makes sense um but uh i don't know where i was even gonna go with that i wish i knew what i was gonna but, say like the the emir of egypt should have immediately recanted his wish because clearly like when the wall rises up and all his people walk away that's not what he wants like th- yeah. that isn't that isn't what he asked for well, hey. i don't know what he wanted because he's like the leader of egypt but he wants his ancestral homeland that that also felt weird with the whole gal Gadot being in like the israeli army thing of like arabs wanting their ancestral home as like an evil th- anyway we don't yeah, even yeah. need to get into that but all these people like should have revoked their wish right away because it's clear like this guy is like a cheater a cheater and he's not giving me what i really wanted so fuck it i don't want this anymore but one could argue and for the sake of argument i will that uh that guy didn't have the ability to recant his wish in that moment because i think technically you would still have to touch the stone to recount your wish because when everybody starts mm. recounting they already have the particles beaming to them and touching them no but uh diana i believe recants her wish before people have the particles beaming but i'm not positive i i yeah i, I don't remember exactly how i couldn't remember if that was when everything was going to shit because everybody was getting wishes already or if it was just dc yeah. that was like crumbling um i think it's because everyone's getting their wishes i or no it's just dc i don't think he was yet broadcasting wish abilities okay. to the whole world but maybe he was Which, the timing of this movie is also just completely yeah, fucked up, it, so it, no it really it really just it was really dumb as hell and when diana does make the fateful decision to recant her wish i could not fucking believe that she just goes i recount my wish and starts running like it it reminded <laughs> me of michael scott saying i declare bankruptcy <laughs> screaming it <laughs> like, <laughs> like she just like she's like i gotta say the world i recount my wish and i just i just it it doesn't it doesn't there, there's no there's she didn't even get the wind that everybody else got when they made wishes like you think yeah. there would be like reverse wind like but but no nothing do we want to talk about how she can fly now okay <laughs> so Flight is a canonical power of Wonder Woman's. We have mm-hmm. not seen it in any film because she hasn't had it yet. I right. don't even care. Like, I would be fine if she was like, if she just used the same bullshit she used for the invisibility, um, where, where she goes, uh, look my, what I can do. Yeah, my <laughs> uncle taught me this one time, but I only did it once. Let me see if I can fly. I can fly. That's cool. Like, I, I would almost be okay with that. But in fucking stead. Her boyfriend, who she has just recanted out of existence, she is falling through the sky. She's doing, she somehow she got up. I, I don't, she lightning bolted herself on a cloud and, or she, yeah. she, 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 she lassoed herself a cloud, flew into the sky. And as she's falling, she did the it, Jimmy Stewart thing. It <laughs> she lassoed the moon. Yeah. <laughs> but she, the thing that I just wanted to kill myself is they flash back to her boyfriend saying this line about like oh flight is easy it's just about wind and air and lift and it's great and she like sticks her arms out i guess like plane wings 
And she's like, oh, oh, I know flight. <laughs> and then she starts flying. But then she tucks those away so she could take a Superman pose. I'm like, well, if your arms were doing the lifting based on this one fucking line that you learned about from like 30 minutes ago, how are you now not keeping it? Like if she if she kept her arms out and flew in like the T pose the whole time, like I'd be like, cool. She's, you know, her gauntlets create lift and then she's just so strong that she can keep that position and like whatever i could believe anything but the fact that she's just like mimicking the way a plane's wing works and now she can fly and do all sorts of maneuvers and shit like i was like this is fucking stupid and then they fucking play the song she's there then they play the song (laughs) for freaking the thing that was used in in sunshine that was used in the adjustment bureau like then the song i'm like no you can't play a profound song (laughs) when you just did the most profoundly stupid thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I just... Yeah, I, I couldn't decide if that scene was more dumb or less dumb than the Invisible Jet scene where, <laughs> you know, her boyfriend, Steve Trevor, is that his name? Yeah, I think so. Steve Trevor, who was a World War One era pilot, just, like, can hop into a jet at the Smithsonian and, like, you know, an advanced jet... <laughs> And just fly it immediately without anything, without any knowledge of anything. Yeah. It, like that whole scene also annoyed me. And they don't even, it would have been easy. Like we all know the invisible jet is coming. Like it's clear they're going to yeah. do that when they get in a plane together. But like, why not give it, like make it be a World War One era plane that he's flying or do something to like wink at oh, his oh, prior character. Steven, it just seems so it, weird to me. It was about the time it takes to get somewhere. They needed a jet that would fly faster than a World War era plane. Mm. All, okay. You, okay you know you know what else is dumb about that once again things this film could have just done there's no explanation about how she got that fucking suit of armor right she just goes right. like check it out i got a suit of armor couldn't she have just gone like check it out i have an invisible jet <laughs> like, yeah it it wouldn't have been any different than the suit of armor like there's no reason or 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 how about she puts on the suit of armor and just holds him <laughs> she flies yeah. there there's like two birds one stone would make total sense <laughs> There's, there's there's so many things they could have done to make it less stupid. But instead, they wanted to be like, oh, yeah, we're just I mean, because I mean, they really needed to do it because they had to start with a non-invisible jet, which would have to be hidden. So it would become invisible and he would have to fly because the first thing he wants to do, I mean, after banging Wonder Woman is get in a plane because that's the second favorite thing that he's ever written. <laughs> Can we... Can we talk about Kristen Wiig? Yeah. <laughs> about the arc of Kristen Wiig's character, where she becomes basically a character in Cats at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is the only thing that is consistent. Like, she is, she is the thing that is logically consistent with what this film is doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a thing. She wishes for a specific thing, which has some ramifications to it. And, like, the, the only thing I don't understand is how she got extra powers, because does Max Lord make somebody else wish that she was an apex predator or does he just grant her a second wish? What, yeah, well, that, that is what's dumb is he is like he's hand waving away the idea that he can take things from people after they have, you know, requested a wish. And somehow <laughs> someone who already was a cheetah, I guess, <laughs> made a wish and then he gave cheetahness <laughs> to her. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened. 
Because he, he does talk to her about like, I can give as a million wishes. I'm changing the rules or something. I forget the line of dialogue. I'll have to go back and find it. It's when he's on the helicopter um, after she jumps into the right. helicopter with her fast skills from while well, they're leaving the, the, yeah, the I, mean, I mean, I think he was being like, stick with stick with me, kid. I'll give you, you know, like because he was talking about how he's going to take life force and power and stuff. And like, he'll give her some, too. Yeah. So I think, oh, like, yeah, I think there's what... a moment where he's like suctioning up all the things where he's like whooshing in her direction of like you take you take the cheetah powers from uh <laughs> that's right because he's like i'll take your your vitality your strength she could have your anger <laughs> she, like... i think a cat made a wish i i think that's the secret behind this movie is a cat oh, somewhere made a wish. it was joe from <laughs> from soul oh yeah there we go oh uh... Wow, in my in my long Boom Goes Dynamite, I didn't even mention a character becoming a cat. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, like I agree her arc is at least like the obvious thing the movie wanted to be doing, but I still think the execution of it is just like bafflingly stupid. And like <laughs> in the beginning it's just the hokey kind where it's like, "Oh, it's Kristen Wiig in glasses. You'll never guess what's going to happen when she takes off the glasses." Um <laughs> but it I don't know. I don't know. I, all of this movie just yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, th- this film could have sustained itself with Kristen Wiig being the only villain, right? Like if she got she got the stone, she wished to be this crazy person, and then she was just wreaking havoc in the city. It would basically be, you know, like the first, the 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 third, third, the first of the third Spider Men's, <laughs> Spiders Man, right? Like. Basically, oh, like, like she could be Birdman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she could be Birdman. <laughs> but you know, like a bird that flies at night. Sure. Like a <laughs> yep. Batman. <laughs> oh, it would all make as much sense as this movie did. Mm-hmm. Was there anything you liked in this film, Stephen? Let's see. I I already elaborated. I I enjoyed pedro pascal's hammy acting he at least seemed like he was having fun that made me chuckle um i think there was maybe a five minute stretch of the museum fight where i was not actively angry about watching the movie i was like okay this at least has the pace of a like super expensive superhero movie that i'm sitting down to watch (laughs) um (laughs) otherwise no i mean like the the wardrobe montage sucked um <laughs> most of the set pieces were like nothing the messages sucked uh yeah no th- those are it those are the only things i liked yeah there's one thing i liked in this movie and that's like the slide that she does when she's going around the corner <laughs> on the top floor of the mall mm. like just that slide is mm. badass right like i remember that slide yeah. was in the trailer and i was like yeah that fight's gonna be cool and i was like oh it's against like random henchmen and it's really really dumb and weird um so also did it seem like the creators of this film had some obsession with cirque du soleil like i feel like every single scene they could they were like trying to do like aerial acrobatics over hmm. like legit action right like in the coliseum at the beginning there's like the people that are just on the little turnstile things it's like flipping back and forth and there's yeah. scenes in the mall where she's like hanging and trying to like pose and like s- like gracefully swing down like she's on the little like you know the fabric thing that they always do <laughs> right sure yeah are uh, speaking of the uh, the opening scene again 
do you know what the goal of that obstacle course was? Because like you said, those characters were just kind of like chilling and swinging around in a way that like, honestly, when she dove into the ocean, I thought, oh, well, she lost. But then it's just like a triathlon or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're like, no, you were supposed to dive into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so it's an obstacle course that like comes down to this one thing. And then you have to dive over the edge of the building and into the water, get on a horse and ride. But that was a thing we were going to come back to earlier um, that made me mad yeah. is the whole fucking message of that opening scene is there are no shortcuts. You can't cheat. She did not cheat she missed one obstacle that she did not see. So right. if you look at like slalom, downhill, like ski slaloming, right? There are little gates that you're supposed to go through. And if you miss a gate, you're not considered a cheater. You're docked on your final time, right? You like lose like whatever amount of time it is. So even if you make it down in 45 seconds, I don't know how fucking long slalom courses are, but let's say you make it down in like one minute, 30 seconds. If you miss a gate, they just add time to your thing, which will p push you down in the ranks, right? You're not a cheater. You just fucked up. So yeah, I unless you solemnly swore that you hit all of them. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but like, that's the thing is her instructor lady uh, didn't have to say you cheated. There are no shortcuts. She could just say you missed one of your things. You've been disqualified. Right, exactly. Like, hey, you didn't finish. <laughs> yeah. Like, she didn't, she did not cheat. She got knocked off her horse and she tried to get back down to her horse and in doing so didn't see one of the targets. Um, if, if the thing said you cannot stray from the path, <laughs> then, then yes. yeah, she cheated. But as far as I can tell, the only problem is that she missed one of the targets uh, because she was knocked off her horse. Yeah. Well, well, that's what Diana and Kristen Wiig have in common is they both cheated. <laughs> nice and on that note <laughs> podcast over two six forty nine. it was a good number of episodes <laughs> uh but yeah any, any last thoughts on this film steven um despite all of this i still can't put my finger on why this movie didn't work so badly and the the reason is that like they can be campy and silly like let's take shazam right i don't remember what the villain wanted in shazam it didn't matter it was probably dumb right like yeah. like whatever the villain wanted who cares doesn't matter it's corny it, it's fine can't be fun that's what dc is supposed to be able to deliver that the mcu has more trouble with but something about this movie like i can't stress enough not only did the villain not make sense not only was the message terrible not only were the set pieces like not great but it was just a boring movie like it was long not a lot happened. There's a lot of dialogue that goes nowhere. And I, to me, this feels like the worst combination of Marvel and DC impulses of like, they're not going to hit that floor that Marvel movies hit by virtue of having some kind of clear plot mechanic that they follow. But they also, it doesn't get the high of being able to go rogue and do something different. Like it felt very muted, very tame. Yeah. It's like it wasn't even 80s. Like it could have been set anytime. Like it barely did anything with even the fun part of the premise. Did you see those outfits and those TVs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. What what more could you want from the 80s, Steven? <laughs> like like at least two big pop music like drops. That that would be nice. 
You're talking about how did this movie go so wrong? What I want to know is how are they already talking about a third and a fourth film in this franchise? Like I saw a bunch of articles being posted today about like, will the fourth one be set after the third one? I'm like, well, chronologically, I think that probably makes sense. But <laughs> how are you even still planning on making these films? Like they obviously won't. I mean, I'm sure it did fine. Uh, I don't even know what doing fine means in a streaming world. Right. But I'm sure lots of people watched it. So maybe they don't care, right? But, maybe they don't care that it was critically panned. But unless you watched it in a theater, th- there's no way this film makes back its money, right? No. Well, I don't know. I, like with HBO Max, I have no idea what that means because it's not like they're getting paid per view. Maybe they are. I, I don't think they are, though. Um, isn't it just that like the parent company owns HBO? Yeah, so I mean, so this made sixteen million dollars this weekend. Um, worldwide, right. it's made eighty-five million dollars. Mm-hmm. I like. There's no way the studio expected this to get anything less than a billion dollars. Right. I'm not good at math. Yeah, I, I just wonder. Like, the difference between this being a bad movie and a good movie might have not changed that anyway. It might have been the like direct to streaming thing yeah. means that they have to just value it differently. But at, at this point, I have no idea. I I don't know. I mean, it's still IP people are going to watch. Like, maybe that's all they care about is they think this IP still has juice in it. Yeah. I do want to say, big missed opportunity with Wonder Woman 1984. Why didn't they have the, like, projected talking head from that 1984 Apple commercial and then have Wonder Woman, like, run up and throw something? <laughs> throw a hammer into it? <laughs> like, the, the hammer person even looks kind of like Wonder Woman. It, it would have fit perfectly. Also, Pedro Pascal is standing in a blue beam, which is being projected to every single screen on the planet. Like, yeah, she could definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, it would have been perfect. Do the little big brother thing. It'd be great. But no, no, you had to be serious in that moment and give the the world's most like cliched monologue about the things you want aren't what you want. It's better to enjoy what we have. <laughs> like also two things about the same scene is anybody who talks about films, especially anything sci-fi genre esque at all. The biggest trope of any of these films is a giant blue beam in the sky. <laughs> Sure. And it's the thing you always point out and laugh at and, and talk about being a trope. This is literally the worst blue beam in the sky that's ever existed, which is him mm-hmm. standing in just a blue well of light. Which so, so first, they just point a camera at him, and the camera takes the signal and puts it in the blue beam, and the blue beam mm-hmm. touches everyone on the planet, and he can somehow hear all of their wishes. But... To boost the signal, he gets out from in front of the camera and just stands in the beam itself. <laughs> Is that what's going on at the end of this movie? The whole his whole plan, like if the argument is that like a projection, a projected signal equals touching someone, then like butterfly effect, like you're already touching everyone, right? Like move your hand, <laughs> the whole all the molecules are connected, right? Like. even his plan doesn't make sense but but even accepting that as a plan that does make sense which i don't if he took a broomstick and then touched somebody with that could he get their wish that's a good question (laughs) like because technically when you were standing in that building and the stone was on a table (laughs) you were touching the stone so if anybody in that building or on the planet for instance made a wish 
when that was just setting on top of a desk, it should have also happened, right? Yeah. And then the whole earth would become a Make-A-Wish foundation. (laughs) (laughs) Bad movie. Are we We, doing verdicts? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think everyone knows. No, we gave our verdict at the top, right? Right. We didn't follow the rules, but yeah. Oh, we we didn't follow the rules. I guess. I guess, unlike this film, we should follow our own rules. Yep. So... Let's get to verdict, Stephen. If you were going to give us a must-see, a record of the caveat, wait for until pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm going must-avoid. It's a bad movie. <laughs> At the end. Yeah. Um, must-avoid for me as well. Um, there is not a reason to uh, see this film. Not even in like a it's so bad it's good sort of way. You should just not watch it. And uh, probably not watch the third or fourth installments that are supposed to come out as well. Yeah, I'll give him another chance. Who knows? I liked the first one. Maybe Patty Jenkins was, I don't know, high when she made this. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for our spoiler-filled review of Wonder Woman 1984. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Wonder Woman 1984. So hopefully you're enjoying that more than we didn't enjoy the movie. And uh, yeah, that is the end of this review. Um, I don't know what the next episodes will be, um, but we have some stuff in the works. And of course, sometime in the next few weeks, we're going to have our end of year episode (laughs) yeah somehow we're gonna pretend it was a normal year and we're gonna make a top 10 and it'll it'll be an interesting exercise yeah it should be fun um it's gonna take it's gonna take a while to compile this list much more than in years past this is the first year in a while i know this is like a, a luxury of living in san francisco but it's the first year in a while where there are going to be like multiple films that i will have not had a chance to see that are going to be making other people's lists and that uh feels bad <laughs> it feels bad uh, like minari i'm not going to get to watch that it's been on my radar forever in any normal year it would have done a limited screening in san francisco or we would have caught it at a festival or something yeah but yeah i'm just gonna have to let it go yep um i guess if we get a stone we can wish for a world in which uh we could have seen that in theaters but <laughs> mm-hmm. not gonna happen I don't know what the monkey paw would take from us for that. Our podcast. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the, the monkey podcast. I'll take your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> we just monkey pawed the monkey paw. <laughs> <laughs>